0: Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. People of the world, Helen, welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language, episode 103. Today on the show, the CEO, former CEO of Google and executive chairman, referred to social media as idiot amplification. Who competes against Google? Are they a monopoly? Are they not? We'll take a look at the DOJ antitrust lawsuit if facebook pulls down your post there's actually a new oversight board you can complain to we're going to talk about that tweeting just got harder amidst the election business to business influencer videos for as low as 60 bucks what the heck does that mean speeding in social media if you're speeding you probably shouldn't post it online teaching kids news literacy how to uh, you know spot ye old misinformation and can we aggregate twitter information twitter data to help slow the spread of infectious diseases all that and more show starts now The main news is Esther Sass in chat said, Great new format. I think I like it better. So call the presses. Social media idiot amplification, the former Google CEO and executive chairman has decided that social networks are amplifiers for idiots. That's a direct quote. The Fuller quote, according to Bloomberg, is quote, the context of social networks serving as amplifiers for idiots and crazy people is not what we intended. So can you imagine being incredibly rich, uh, being the former CEO of Google, more money than anyone could possibly ever need, and saying that, uh, you know, we did not intend to amplify the voices of idiots and crazy people, Uh, but here you have it. I would argue that the anonymity of the internet is what fuels the craziness. I have had very few conversations in my life that have been anywhere near as nuts as the YouTube comments I receive. Now, on a somewhat regular basis, um, YouTube comments are just mind-bogglingly uh, crazy. Um, but there they are for everyone to enjoy. Uh, Schmidt was also asked about the landmark antitrust case. This is the former CEO of Google um, that Google currently facing with the Department of Justice. I'm sure he's very happy to be out of Google now that they're dealing with this. And Bloomberg has this gem of a quote, quote, I would be careful about these dominance arguments I just don't agree with them, Schmidt said. Google's market share is not 100%. Really? So we're going to talk about this at length. Curious what your thoughts are. Leave a comment. Is Google a monopoly? To that of effect, who competes against Google? This is from marketingweek.com. The former article that we just talked about was from theverge.com. All links to all sources are right there in the description. They're also on the bottom of the page if you're watching us if you're listening to us on the podcast hey we appreciate you podcasters who competes against google Google's slice of product search in america is almost certainly beneath the 40 percent threshold upon which the dominant label depends what's more that proportion is falling as amazon tightens its e-commerce grip uh esther writes bing lol and that's true because When we immediately think of who competes against Google, we think Bing, Yahoo, maybe, and then a slew of others. There's like DuckDuckGo, who promises privacy. But uh, the argument that Google is pretty much going to have to make is that they also offer products. And, oh, there's Amazon, and Amazon's offering products, and eBay's offering products, and You can't just take a look at search as a monopoly. You also have to take into effect Facebook, the amount of time people spend on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget Vimeo for YouTube. So if you look at it as only a search engine, I think their case is lost. But if they're trying to make the argument that Amazon counts as well, other social media sites count as well, well, then that's why you hire the fancy expensive lawyers. Uh, Quote, with Google's share of product search as well as that of all the other search engines declining significantly over time as Amazon expands. So again, they're going to make the argument that Amazon is their competitor, um, which to a small extent they are, but Google ads, Google search ads, um, are the primary driver of revenue as far as I am aware. Quote, Google will surely predicate much of its upcoming defense against the Department of Justice On one of the oldest but most important caveats in marketing strategy, your competition is not who you think it might be. Uh, It is certainly not the immediate members of a self-constructed myopic category. It is not even based on competitors per se. I don't know. It feels like a stretch. My gut is saying they have a search monopoly. My gut is saying if Google Maps does not want you in Google Maps, well, then your business is in big trouble, especially... If you are a local plumber, electrician, self-storage unit, you know, CPA, that sort of stuff, um, this is where people are finding you online. If uh, you are unable to jump through all of the at times, ridiculous hurdles that Google is requiring, and if the Google algorithm on Google Maps is not working properly, which I have had many uh, direct experiences with, uh, which is to say we have sent uh, photos of the business, we've sent insurance documents for the business, Literally, uh, one of our clients was asked to shoot a live video inside of the actual establishment and, uh, there you have it. So, uh, comment, do I care if Google has the monopoly? Hmm. So if Google has a monopoly and you're unable to get your Google maps listing up and you start losing business, then yes, business owners would care about that in particular. Um, when it comes to Google ads, there is Bing ads, but they tend not to work as well. um, if we were to break up Google and there were three or four search engines that were competing in the space, it is possible that it would drive down the dollar amount for Google ads, which could be important. Well, which would be important um, for a lot of small businesses. Uh, They might turn a profit at say $5 per click, but they can't turn a profit at $10 per click. Um, You could make the argument that the ecosystem within Google kind of moderates for that in and of itself but we wouldn't really know unless we had another dominant player now linkedin and facebook are obviously competing against google in the pay-per-click space uh, but not via a search engine more so just a different platform if facebook pulls down your post starting thursday you can ask a new oversight board according to cnet.com to take another look at your case if the board rules in your favor the content will be restored In the coming months, users will also be able to appeal to the board about content they think Facebook should have removed. The board is made up of 20 experts and civic leaders, including the former Prime Minister of Denmark, a Nobel Peace Prize laureate, law professors, and journalists, so a new oversight board. Well, how many cases could they possibly look at? I'm not entirely sure. Here's how it works. After a removal decision is made, you could receive a message in your support inbox within the Facebook or Instagram app. So this is not only Facebook, but also Instagram. That includes an oversight board reference ID. If you receive this ID, your post is eligible for review by the board. You'll have 15 days to submit an appeal. To do so, you'll need to visit the oversight board's website and click submit an appeal. If you want these links uh, to the oversight board, if a Facebook post or Instagram post of yours has been put down, are taken down, pulled down, and you want to get it reinstated, just visit uh, this CNET.com link in the description, and you can go about doing just that. Tweeting just got a bit harder. This from Slate.com. As of Tuesday, a new feature that appears to be rolled out to all users changes. What happens when you hit the little circular arrows button that appears at the bottom of every tweet? Instead of asking in a small pop-up menu if you want to retweet the post or quote tweet it, A larger window pops up prompting you to add your own commentary before adding the tweet to your timeline. So, this is an attempt from Twitter to encourage education and research as it results or as it relates rather to the retweeting phenomenon, which is to say, um, if you're just going to hit the retweet button because it looks good to you, uh, Twitter is not so happy about that, especially. Uh, During an election cycle, quote, if you are just coming to this piece to figure out how to simply retweet something on Twitter now, here's your answer. Write nothing in that comment spot and hit the large blue retweet button. Yes, for the anxious among us, this will feel a tiny bit like jumping off a small cliff. What will happen? uh, What will people think if your tweet has a giant white space? But what will happen next is the tweet will appear on your timeline and in the world as a regular retweet, not a, quote, tweet. So getting more complicated, uh, this is the very nature of simplicity becoming more complicated over time. You've got Google uh, and the search bar, and the reason it was so dominant early is it was so simple, the Yahoo homepage versus the Google homepage. Um, Twitter has been very simple over all these years going, you know what, here's your character limit, enjoy. However, as social media sites age. As people age, things get more complex. And here we have an attempt by Twitter to inform folks or to have them be more informative with their tweets. Um, But uh, it just ends up confusing people. So back to the article, if you were confused, you're not alone. The design of the new feature has confused even adept Twitter users, slowing the spread of not just misinformation, but just regular old info B2B influencer videos for 60 bucks. This is from the Verge.com cameo a company that helps fans hire celebrities from Snoop Dogg to Rosie O'Donnell to record custom videos for birthdays and other occasions, believes it has a new revenue opportunity pitching its stable of actors, athletes and influencers for business to business sales. I wouldn't use the word stables, that seems a little weird. So, participating celebrities set their own rates on Cameo for an average price of $60 per video. According to the company, the most expensive is Caitlyn Jenner who charges $2,500. So would I be willing to hire an influencer to create a video for me? Maybe. I think a video of like Sean Connery on the homepage of Send It Rising would be worth $60. That feels like an excellent investment. Is Sean Connery on Cameo? Does anyone know? Who else would I want on the homepage? Maybe a rock star. Maybe a lead singer from Metallica. Headfield on the front page of Send Rising saying, ah, oh, Send Rising, best internet marketing company ever. But seriously, B2B influencer videos. If you're a software company and you're selling like music, then yeah, having a famous musician uh, talk about your product would be a big deal. Um, if I could get like a Gary V or some uh, famous internet marketing personality to create a video for a reasonable price, then Sure. You do have to wonder what the video is actually going to sound and look like, which is to say, um, are they going to say anything that's disingenuous about your product, that sort of thing? Um, I don't know, because they probably don't have any experience with you. So what would they be willing to say for what dollar amount? How much of that is true? You've got to wonder if people are just paying nowadays for people to say whatever. Speeding of social media, police in Pueblo, Colorado say a social media post bragging about racing helped. In a case where someone is suspected of driving more than 100 miles per hour in a street race, this is from KKTV.com, an officer clocked a 29-year-old at 112 miles per hour as the suspect was driving down Northern Avenue on Saturday. The officer was able to track the suspect down. He could lose his vehicle for up to six months. Folks, if you're going to do something illegal, this is a pro tip. Don't post it on social media. Teaching kids news literacy, this I really like. The News Literacy Project, have you heard of it? It aims to teach students how to distinguish between what is real and what is not in an age of digital communication. It creates digital curriculums and other resources and works with educators and journalists to teach middle and high school students how to recognize news and information to trust. Now, if these news literacy uh, classes lean in either direction politically, I'm not a fan, but if they are simply encouraging investigation, digging in, what you'll find is that having the uh, wealth of information in our pockets via Google, via smartphones, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, it kind of just confirms our own ignorance many times. Now, if the question is, you know, how many, uh, you know, what's the distance from the earth to the moon? Well, then yes, there's an objective fact in regards to that, but When we dive into anything with a lot of complexity, like how does DNA work or, you know, what do we know about atomic structure, blah, 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 blah. What we realize is our own ignorance, Uh, which is to say diving deeper and deeper and deeper into a subject matter usually reveals layer upon layer of complexity. And I hope that this is the primary point of this news literacy uh, program, which uh, would be to teach kids and adults, mind you, um, that saying I don't know is Many times the correct answer. So it provides them with the tools they need to be informed and engage participants in a democracy. I am a uh, fervent believer that an educated populace makes better decisions when it comes to the vote. The News Literacy Project also offers a program called Checkology, a browser-based, oh, and let me qualify that. I don't mean went to college. I mean educated, as in continues to learn throughout their life. The News Literacy Project also offers a program called Checkology, a browser-based platform designed for students in grades 6 through 12 that helps prepare the next generation to easily identify misinformation during the coronavirus pandemic. The project is offering to access the Checkology Premium at no cost to educators and parents in the United States. Esther Sass in chat, big fan of education. Uh, we agree. Using tweets to combat COVID, Juan Banda is an assistant professor at the Department of Computer Science. He began a project in March to collect and analyze Twitter data related to COVID-19 to date. His lab has compiled more than 700 million tweets, which have yielded insights on the spread of misinformation and how human mobility has driven the pandemic's next move. Now, Google has been unabashed about their data collection. Um, You've got scientists like uh, Mr. Bonda here, or perhaps Professor Bonda. Uh, that are taking the aggregate sum of data from places like Twitter and attempting to use it to serve public health. Now, this sort of thing, I think, is spectacular. Um, I know that privacy is important, um, but it is heartwarming to see uh, the use of things like Twitter data to help save lives. Each time, the back to the article from theguardian.com, we pick up our smartphones and share a tweet or update our status we're providing information about ourselves in the form of data, it says Banda. All those bits and bytes provide a snapshot of our lives. We know this on a macro scale. They can provide insights into society and populations on a number of fronts. So in the same way that Google Maps aggregates all of its data um, to let you know the fastest route, um, you could argue that Snapchat, TikTok, LinkedIn, Google, etc. Uh, uses data um, to help track covid this sort of thing um, so i'm for it by and large um, there are privacy concerns um, but uh, i think what mr bond is doing is pretty cool so 10 30 a.m pacific standard time join us for the live show uh, we'd love to have you leave a comment in chat we're going to go ahead and summarize the news of the day social media idiot amplification former google, google ceo and executive chairman you know i don't know he's got enough money uh where he can uh Kind of say and do what he wants and he decided to say the context of social networks serves as an amplifier for idiots and crazy people and uh to a certain extent um i think the anonymity of the internet does exactly that um and it's just uh it's unfortunate so um who competes against google they're going to try to make the case that amazon does that twitter does that facebook does if they're able to make that case i think they'll remain intact if they're unable to make that case i think we may see a resurgence in bing And uh, Bing stock would probably see a huge jump if they haven't already. Um, Snapchat stock jumped like 34% yesterday, by the way. If Facebook pulls down your post, there's a new oversight board that you can uh, reach out to. CNET.com link in the description will get you where you need to go. Tweeting just got harder. um, In an effort to, you know, have a better platform, Twitter is complicating things. And uh, it's annoying some of its users. Uh, Retweeting is not as easy as it used to be. Business-to-business influencer videos for 60 Um, uh, Verge.com article. If you want to check out Cameo, the company that does that, that might be something to consider. Uh, again, I want Sean Connery on the homepage of CenterRising.com. Speeding and social media. Yeah, if you do something illegal, pro tip, don't post it on social media. Teaching kids, news literacy, I love it. I'm for it. I think uh, letting people react with uh, their head instead of their heart is uh, many times a wiser move. Um, Especially when you have that visceral reaction to what's happening. Um, It is important to dive in and try, try, try to find the facts. Difficult at times. And last but not least, uh, aggregating data from Twitter to help prevent the uh, spread of COVID. Pretty cool to me. Um, if you want to join us for the live show, 10 30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Monday through Friday, shout out to Esther Stas for all the comments today. We appreciate it. Leave a comment after the fact if you're not joining us for the live show. If you have a question for me or you would like your question on the show, uh, email us at info, info, at senditrising.com. Uh, if you want us to include a link to your business, uh, we will do that for you. Name and link to your business right here on the show, give you a shout out. Send us an email. Um, with that question uh, hopefully we'll be grabbing those from you if you're going to give us a call 702-263-0141 you get the gist and uh, we're available on spotify and itunes and many more podcast platforms thanks for swinging on by the show today much appreciated and we will see you tomorrow you know what time Bye bye